This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gershiola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Disaster Girls podcast for the thrilling conclusion to our two-part special event series. It is I, Jordan Cruciola. It's me, Amanda Smith. And we are on the eve, the actual eve now, of the eve of destruction. We have arrived. We Yes, we are on, on the precipice of the eve of the destruction. Yes. Finally, so much destruction. So, and I like I was like halfway through this movie that I was the second part that I was like, man, I'm gonna need another fucking disaster to happen. Like we we have been yeah. talking, we've been standing over computers for ages now. But then once the destruction does start to happen, I was like, okay, this looks pretty goddamn cool. They saved their money and they spent it on some pretty sweet yeah. destruction effects. I was shocked, did actually, good at how good the destruction looked. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It felt very... It, it, it almost, like, the the general destruction was not the core level. Yeah, no. But I enjoyed that they tried. Mm-hmm. And it there is my... I think my favorite part, maybe of both of these movies, is the moment when, like, Steven Weber's character is fighting with his lady scientist partner and he's like, we're going to make a black hole. This is really bad. And her answer is like, yeah, but if it does, it's going to be small and temporary. It'll go away. It was like, that shouldn't be part of this conversation. Like, oh, don't worry. It's just a little black hole. Is like, that's a terrible thing to say. I kind of love that that's like a, a measurement at this point. It's like, oh, we can just have a scotch of black hole. Just like a little, yeah, just as a treat. Yeah. A black hole as a treat. It, it, it's temporary and it'll go away. Oh. It was like, I yeah. think you're, you've missed the point of what I just got alarmed about to you, ma'am. I mean, it was, it was optimistic. <laughs> it was, one has to admire her optimism. It was, it was optimistic. It would like, and I texted Amanda like probably just a third of the way into the second movie. And I really, and this we'll get into when I, when we talk about, you know, what the whole thing was really about, but it was just like, this movie needed to be only 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, because it is entirely built on lack of communication. People either lying or not saying things when they clearly have an opportunity to, and not being direct or on, it's just, it is entirely happening because everybody decided to just not say the shit they should have said. Like, to a confounding degree, to a level of, like, the OC Ryan and Marissa levels of miscommunication where it's like, guys, this relationship doesn't need to be so fucking abusive. All you need to do is say anything to each other. Okay, but wait, so when you sent me that text, I don't want to ask any questions about it. When you sent me that text, was that when he and and Dr. Lady Scientist, when Stephen Weber and Dr. Lady Scientist were having their fight and she like finally spelled out all the reasons she was mad at him? There was that- Before they went to the boss. I don't remember if it was that, because that was another element of it, or if it was when Ruslan, for the millionth Mm. fucking time- Oh, right. Doesn't just tell his wife about his other dead family from his earlier life that's ruining him internally, their marriage, and her life separately. And, like, Ruslan, like, his, his, his home is burned to the ground again because- it's another incident just like back in Latiska, but his wife makes it out this time. And when he finds her, he's like, oh my God, I love you. He's like, I'm so sorry if that I've been so mean to you. And she's like, she rightly is like, I can't keep making you, I can't keep feeling like I'm making you unhappy. I'm out. I'm done. And there's this window where it's like, oh, he's finally yeah. going to be honest with her about the emotional trauma. And he just lets her walk the fuck away. And I was like, we're delaying this more? Like yeah, oh, because he had why? to confess it to Stephen Weber first. He had to have a sweetheart, a sweet tender moment with Stephen Weber 
that then she could overhear. She probably looked at the situation and was like, you know, I'm going to follow him because I bet my husband will tell that man the truth before she ever tells me. They have punched each other, so they clearly have a more emotionally honest relationship than him and his wife do. And so he, she finally hears the story of his pain and anguish and his loss, comes around a corner and is like, I never knew. And he sobbingly is like, it wasn't yours to carry. It was my burden. It wasn't your burden. It's like, you made it everyone's burden. burden. You everyone had a burden. It wasn't wasn't your burden. I just get drunk and sometimes yell at you for not being able to have kids. Like, oh my fucking God. Like, it wasn't yours to carry. You made it hers to carry. Every goddamn day. Are you serious? This is your logic right now? Like, you couldn't at least say like, I don't have the capacity or emotional intelligence to communicate this. You have to go some stiff upper lip bullshit about how it doesn't didn't need to be her problem when it was her entire problem and it was ruining her life. Fuck, man. And like he told this stranger, Stephen Weber, clearly Stephen Weber and the lady scientist haven't communicated in years, honestly. Yeah. Him and his daughter, like at one point, <laughs> another hilarious moment in the in the second one is when like we talked about last time how it's completely ridiculous that he knows his daughter's clearly lying to him about where she's spending and he's her time completely okay with it yeah and he's like so if i call your friend's house you're going to be there and she's like i'm there and he's just like okay she's there and then in the second half of it he's like oh my god where'd that explosion take place because the eco terrorists have blown up like an electric pa- uh, blown up a power plant and so he like he there's this explosion. He's like, wait, where's that explosion? And someone tells him and he's like, because my daughter's at a friend's house. It's like, you do not seriously believe she's at a friend's house. Do you? So what, what kind of parent? There's an explosion and chaos is, is unfolding and he doesn't pick up the phone. He's just like, well, good. She's at a friend's house. Not like she's a teenager. She's panicked and there's chaos happening at my place of work. I should call her to reassure her. No, no, she'll be fine. She's at her friend's house that I don't believe she's at. Yeah, that was absolutely fucking ridiculous. Oh, well, I mean, he is hands down the worst father I think we have ever had in any of these movies. Like, yeah, I think unquestionably. He was, and, and this movie, this movie's ultimate greatest failure is it absolutely has everyone start deciding that Steven Weber has redeemed himself when he has done not one thing yeah. to do so. And you knew that yet he gonna gets, happen. there's he, there's never an arc. There's never like these movies, even like even the the, the silliest made for TV movie, they they have like a reckoning. They have emotional arcs mm-hmm. for these characters. This character just gets off light on fucking everything. Like, yeah. he's been a bad dad. He's been a bad business partner. He's been, like, a bad person. And everybody just arbitrarily starts deciding at a certain point. Like, you even have one of the eco-terrorists being like, you know, your dad's not so bad. And her being like, my dad's not so bad. And then, like, the lady scientist having to take responsibility for more in her of than her share of what has gone yeah. down in this part. It's just absolutely fucking crazy that they just decide Steven Weber earned anybody's time or forgiveness in this movie when I don't know that he had to issue a single apology. No, he did not once. And in fact, that will circle back to what I think this movie was really about. It is just absolute. This, yeah. this movie had less care for like, giving anybody a reason to feel the way they do than almost anything we've watched. And it made the reality of every feeling almost like impossible to attach onto. Yeah. And even there, like, even when it looked like there was going to be a moment, like when lady scientist was giving him the whole lecture, like she stopped when they're fighting they're both in like, they're both fighting about whether or not they should shut down the reactors or the machine. And she turns on him. She's like, don't condescend me. I'm not your child. And then she lays into him about his behavior with her and about what a shitty partner, he, all these things. And she's 100% right. And she's like laying into him about all his personal failings. And I'm, you're like, yes, this is the moment. He's going to be held accountable and he's going to realize what a dickhead he was. And then she gets to you're obstructing and you're trying to sabotage our life's work. And basically I was like, oh, so are we not supposed to take any of what she said seriously any, any because she gets this last part like she was so right about everything and then she's so wrong about this one thing like 
And the movie does her so fucking wrong it, by it, giving it, her it, that it's, line. It's, it's, it's like, we, wait, we almost, we almost had it. Yeah. We almost had it. Wait, what, what? Yeah, they were so like, yes, he does need to be called out on his shit. He does need to be yes. told, like, you did bad, you were a bad friend and bad partner, and you, like, uh, I, there's probably some stuff, like, they, they kind of throw, don't throw it, they don't go into it there, they go into it later with younger, with woman who's not Treat Williams' daughter. Yeah. <laughs> with, side, with side piece. She was my so favorite they, actress, I think, in the whole – like, I oh love her. She had the most fun with that yeah, character. I, I really yeah. think she she took that limited role and was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to be such a huge bitch. Like, yeah. I like every – and it, it was almost like in the way that none of the characters have a reason to forgive – Steven Weber but they they do anyway like in the one dimensionality of Steven Weber's character she was yeah. equally as one dimensional just in a different character direction her in you know I guess props for surprising us in any other movie that character has a turn where they're like they they come around and they join the forces for good or they come around too late and they die and they pay with their lives for being a bad guy and you're like when's her moment gonna come where she's either like black hold to death or she's gonna like stop treat williams and she just continues to be yeah whipping boy clear the end she's like no i'm gonna keep getting used by this billionaire I'm gonna did, I, did i miss it or did the last we see of either of them was that in the limo they just get in a car and leave this get, okay so i did like we didn't, I didn't miss this for sure because there is no resolution to their characters there's no comeuppance there's no lesson to be learned from them they're just headed to fucking mumbai because there's another particle accelerator that they're building see and that breaks all of the basic tenets that we have established for the rules of a of of these kinds of movies it was like we got the first two episodes of a series not not a mini series and this was not like a backdoor pilot. Like this was just supposed to be a <laughs> yeah. two episode thing. Yeah. And we're supposed to get the moment where the two of them are on the airplane and then all of a sudden the airplane gets zapped out of the sky yep. or sucked into the black hole and we didn't get that. No. And I thought that maybe I had missed it at some point because I kept two screening and I was like, maybe I no, was just too zoned just, out at that point. They just go on. They just on. go on. Okay. And it, it was like, it was, it was so cut off this movie that it's almost like they just ran out of money because yeah. Ruslan fully dies off camera. Like, yeah. we see him, they, like, come up with this scheme. The only way they can stop the the particle thing, the particle beam, is if they just route so much power, so much electricity into the facility that it basically, I guess, like, overwhelms it and makes it blow up. And so, like, all, like, the true heroes of the movie, the, the electric line workers, they, like, yeah. descend on the city and they're, like, running new lines and cables because they're going to divert all the energy of the, de- the Denver grid to this one location, to the protein lab and Bruce Lawn is like he's up there he's the cornerstone guy he's got one more wire to fix they don't have time they're running out of time only seconds left and then the the synthesized black hole that they've made with this particle beam is gonna be past critical mass gonna fucking destroy everything probably become permanent so he stays up there like working on the line and says like cue the power send it out and his buddy the only person with emotional intelligence in the movie his buddy from the first one who was like you need to tell your wife about your problems man he's on the ground he's like ruslan no and ruslan's working on the wire as the current shoots through the through the the cables through the wires it explodes him out of the crow's nest basket that he's in working on the wires and we just see him fall out of that basket and yeah. out of the frame and it's like you, you think you're going to see him dying. You're going to see like a tender moment where he dies in the arms of his wife. No, his buddy just goes to the hospital to find his wife who's tending to their child who was hurt in like when the city blew up fires. And he just tells Ruslan's wife, like he doesn't tell her anything. She's just like Ruslan and he just like sat, makes a sad face. Yeah. He, like, he, has a ten- he has a tender moment with his wife. And yes. I'm like, can- this is really shitty. Like Awful. that is not this is not the way for somebody who has shown a tremendous amount of emotional intelligence. This is not the way to break the news to your your sister in law. No, again, your sister in law. Sister in law. Yeah, and so she's no, he like just lost her mom. Yeah, 
Yeah, and then she and lost her mom, found out a horrifying secret that has completely changed her entire marriage. Yeah, uh-huh. So she might possibly, so she's been spending the last six hours doing the emotional and mental math of my husband has an ex-wife, the ex-wife is dead, he resents me for being alive, and he resents the ex-wife for being dead, and he resents himself. Like, all the different things that she just had to journey through mentally and emotionally, and then she finds out that her husband is dead. We think. We don't know. He just falls from the cross. We like, honestly who knows? don't know for sure. I'm yeah. still skeptical. We never saw a body. He could come back. That's what I want for him. Uh, I want a sequel just with Ruslan. That's why it feels like there just were, there were pages missing. It was like someone yeah. dropped the pages in a puddle and they just finished and they were like, oh, God. Not till it was under, not till it was done where they like, oh, oh, gosh, I guess we dropped those pages. Because it's just. It's just so fucking ridiculous. Like, yeah. because our bad guys get, no, there's not even anything, they're not even running from repercussions. They're just running from the danger of the black hole. So, like, they're not even running from repercussions. They're just fully getting off scot-free. What's wild is that I the reason, so the reason that this movie feels so weirdly paced is because the first half it doesn't start moving until you get to that the the actual reactor problem, but because they had to throw that you know mini series break in there, <laughs> yeah. the first half of the movie is just fatty, and the second half of the movie has too much going on yeah. and not enough time. And the truth is, is that you could have cut all of the eco terrorist stuff completely. Oh yeah, and it doesn't amount it, to anything. It doesn't the amount to could have rebelled anything. in any number of ways. Yeah. It didn't. It doesn't amount to anything. I thought they were going to cause the problem that causes the black hole, but this thing was causing problems well before they blew up the power station. Yeah, it just makes it. It just makes it. All it does is make it harder to get all the power that they need to route into the accelerator because which, it, again, like, they need to like you, reroute it from around the city because they can't go through like the main power hub, which like isn't honestly so consequential that we need an entire eco terrorist plot. And also, when you have a massive black hole thingy that's shooting electricity yeah. and, like, setting entire neighborhoods on fire, I feel like you can just set it on fire. You can just set it like, on fire. I, and what I – the only In value, a disaster movie, you don't need to have humans causing the disaster unless that is the main point of the yeah. disaster. Like, that's the thing. And it – I love in this movie, though, when it starts to – I love when this movie decides to just start blowing people up. Yeah. <laughs> It's fucking gnarly. Like at a certain point, it becomes like stonados, and the deaths just are grisly. Like we're at the we're at the power station, and they the the terrorists look like they're gonna. They look like they've brought a bowl of oatmeal with a fucking like in 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 a party cup, in a solo in solo cup, these cell phones sticking out of it. It is like what is this supposed to be plastic explosives? Like is that hot cereal? And that's like that's the bomb. And like this movie fails spectacularly because of how badly it misutil it underutilizes Catherine Isabel first offense. And then like once our eco terrorist goes to blow the place up, but then the bomb goes off with him just standing right next to it, and it just explodes him backwards, really dramatic. Like it's a stunt man getting blown the fuck up. It is a person on wires. It is. It looks savage. At one point lady scientist and the only person who has like a character change in the entire movie the security guard for treat williams who's like yeah (laughs) you're fucking evil i'm gonna try and save people he goes to help lady scientist and they have to like try and route coolant to the particle thing to get it to stop well she like she's about ready to like cut this line and the guy's like i'll do it it's too dangerous and she basically calls it out like yeah we could get electrocuted and die happens to him immediately explodes both of them the fuck back off of the pipeline that they're working on i mean people get detonated multiple times in this movie in the most like unexpected moments compared to the kinds of effects that we see in 80% of the movie that leads up to those points. Yeah. And and laughing out loud at the dramatic nature of the explosions. The look, the, the way that they were all flung through the air was wildly entertaining. Yeah, it really was. And again, appreciated that they put in that kind of effort. When the van 
gets blown up and like careens through this through the air. I was yeah. like, oh, that's fucking for they blew up a car. Because yeah. like eco-terrorists have recruited Jeff Stephen Weber's daughter. So she goes with them, of course has regrets when she realizes they're gonna like actually blow some shit up and not just be protesting. So she revolts. The guy who brought her in and was like obviously developed a crush on her, he like decides to turn coat with her and they a security guard gets fucking like beat to death they revive him and they gotta be like they're like we gotta rescue him they put him in like their van they're gonna drive him to the hospital well the van gets blown up by like a a strike of electricity so the guy that they brought back to life dies anyway and that's when the daughter calls her dad and is like daddy i'm scared and he's like i'm gonna come get you in a minute eventually yeah and like he does have to save the world but it is just one more example of him not showing up for his daughter Jordan, and yet he will be redeemed as a father. Yeah, in Megaquake, would Brittany, um, with oh my god, Murphy. I can't Murphy. Thank you. I had a bad moment there. Wait, would Brittany Murphy mega fault? Mega fault. Mega right? fault. Mega fault. Would Brittany Murphy not have immediately dropped everything to go see? Her? She. I mean, All her she wanted to do organizing principle in that movie was getting back to her child. Anything exactly. that happened along the way was like incidental. She's like, would I've got to get back. Have said, I got to wait a minute to save you, daughter. No. He would have stolen a goddamn helicopter. That's the thing. But in these Steven movies, fucking Weber, he's got to wait a second to go get his daughter. Are in you these kidding movies, me? The essence of these movies is yeah. doing both. Yeah. Like, the point of these movies is that the hero takes on every responsibility and yeah. likely achieves it. But this movie fully is like, no, let maybe she'll die. Like, it yeah. just... He, he just tells her to wait on the side of the road. That's the best help he gives her is yeah. stay inside the bit, stay on the side of the road and maybe you'll be okay. Yeah. He's like, I can't come get you. I'll send someone. It's like, oh my yeah. God. What it like, it, it, nobody, nobody did right by anyone in this. Movie. How many times do you think that he forgot her to pick her up at school? As oh a kid? my God. Constantly. Like, as she was saying, like, when she, like, you know, tells him in the therapist's office, the first one, like, Dad, I think you're depressed. You've been depressed since mom died. And it's been 10 years. He, that child has not heard I love you in 10 years. That he child has been this so way a lot up. longer than 10 years. Oh, yeah. He's this always man, been a bastard. This man was never, was never an attentive father. No, Are he's you always been me? self-involved. That Just, whole speech yeah. about, like, you've got to pursue your passion regardless of yeah. the cost. It's like, you're saying that to your own child right now in therapy. So... I think you have taken that to an absolutely irrational extreme, Stephen. Yes. No, he's an irredeemable character, and it's really stunning, especially given how hard they want. And what, what's really fucked is that they work very hard to set up everyone around him as less redeemable than he is. Yeah. Lady Scientist, it, it is work. revealed. No, it fucking doesn't, because Lady Scientist, it is revealed, got her job. Because remember, there's been an ongoing bit of tension yeah. About how he was her like professor, or, or he was above her somehow, yeah. and she, now like, she's studied his boss. under him, and now she's his boss. And of course, it's revealed by treacherous side piece lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That ten years prior or whatever, Doctor Lady Scientist had slept with Max Treat Treat Williams. Williams. Yeah, yeah. Which, like, fuck you guys. Okay, I'm sorry. Fuck all of you. She seems competent. She seems capable. What the fuck? And then she's like, well, he wasn't my boss then, which is wildly confusing because I was under the impression he was the head of the company and I no longer know what his role is if she <laughs> if he wasn't her boss. But maybe she just wasn't in the employee of the company yet. Okay, so then she got hired by the guy she was sleeping. Like, that doesn't make it better. Yeah, we, it is totally out of time and place yeah. when she was involved with Treat Williams compared to her working with Treat Williams. And it's like, yeah. if you're just going to throw at her that she fucked some guy that she knew before they were colleagues, go to hell. And like, I see, but I don't think that's the impression we're supposed to take from it. And I don't I think, know. I think that, and because like when she, when she died briefly, when she, um, when she died briefly, which she did, you know. the whole fucking defibrillator scene. The, yeah. I appreciated how detailed the defibrillator scene got. Like, it's like, oh, we, we're not just going to do the chest compressions thing. There's going to be an emergency defibrillator yep. in the belly of this, like, like research facility. And he's going to hook up the patches. And he's going to hit the button. Okay. And he's not going to try to save the other the other person at all after doing all of this. No, no, definitely no. not. Doesn't even check. Doesn't even be like, hey, what if I throw these defibrillator patches on this dude too? No, no. Just Dr. Lady Scientist. Um, but like, 
when she briefly dies, I was like, holy shit, they're going to kill her as punishment for being a whore. That's like, what that's I totally what this, thought. Yeah. Oh, that's I, what was, I thought. I was shocked when she lived. I was like, oh, she yeah. certainly, she certainly can't um, come back from her whorishness. Right. And so I feel like the movie wanted us to think that that, again, delegitimized her in some way. I, I think the movie worked many times, intentionally or not, to delegitimize a lot of her point of view and a lot of her standing to make to which the thing is is that again because he's a terrible character because <laughs> you can't be terrible like terrible character you can't be like well you know she's wrong and he's right he's not right so therefore she just has to be more wrong than he is yeah and so it's just they have to keep finding new ways to make her more wrong and one of those ways is that she actually it turns so one when she's like you're just trying to stop this and it's like he's right this is dangerous <laughs> yeah. and then two like oh she doesn't even deserve this position in the first place because she slept her way there just like this other person yeah who now is causing problems and is shifty and traitorous yeah <laughs> we're supposed to see them as the same and the only thing that redeems lady scientists is that now she wants the good person's penis and 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 the and the uh devious uh side piece woman mm-hmm. is just like is so uh, is it is so blatant she's being used and manipulated it's not like, at no point is she able to like take back her power and be like a cool villain it's just like no i'm just going to do what this man who's fucking me tells me to do yeah like i'm ex- there is a black hole we are responsible for currently consuming denver and others are popping up in major lo- major cities yeah. around the world in in every major city the black hole shows yeah. very well yeah and and but when treat williams tells me i just need you to do one more thing for me you're still going to act like your teammates here yeah. and like there was no moment where it was like, yeah, I love world destruction too. It was, it just felt even to the, to the bitter end. Cause she has like, has like copies of all the research and to her credit though, when they get in the limo. Yeah. I was going to say she has her little like villainous yeah, turn they're, they're where headed she does toward that. the private plane. He's like, Hey, I'll take those data drives from you. And she was like, when we land. And so it's like, okay, girl, you even fucking know Like, what are you even, are, are you going to kill him? I wish she killed him. Like yeah. the only way I wanted her character to end if she wasn't going to, if she wasn't going to turn hero was to kill Tree Williams and be like, no, I'm the bigger psychopath here. Like I will take over this project. I will be the head of the company. I'm no longer like the lowly third in command. Fuck you, dude. You have been using me at, for sex and corporate espionage. So now I'm going to kill you and take over, take over everything you have. But she I just, assume that there that. Was, they just go get on some plane. It's supposed to be like some sort of negotiation scene that happened. I, I have to assume that was in like those what pages they, that were lost. In a, yeah, in a better movie, there is of course the moment where she's like, "After we land, and after I'm made executive vice exactly. director, as soon as I have forty nine percent of the company, like yeah. something like that." Yes, which again, all of it being a dramatic turn from everything else we've seen about her. But sure, asking for consistency in female characters in this movie is. Asking a lot. It, it's just, I mean, remember we meet her and she's like eager and excited to maybe take on another project. Yeah. And like, by the time that, and within two days, she's suddenly like corporate espionage traitor. That's the thing. It, it, it sows the seeds of our doubt in her insidiousness. Yeah. In a way that's like, oh, I see where this is going. And it doesn't pivot in some like clever subversive way. It's like they just, didn't want to think about how they would fully write her character turn. So they were like, nah, fuck it. Like, yeah. <laughs> whatever, man. <laughs> like, too hard. Yeah. Eh, well, just, she she can just look evil now. Yeah, that's it. That's all. That's yeah. good. I I did love that both times, when, so when they're like, when, when they're in the, when they're in, before everyone realizes things have gone horribly wrong, but after um, Dr. Lady Scientist has realized she's been betrayed somewhat by, the side piece. Yes. And there's the black hole over the downtown and a, a coworker runs in and is like, come outside, everyone come outside and look, something horrible has happened. The, and I, I, oh my God, I'm so, I, I hope you're going to talk about what, what I think you're about to talk about. <laughs> Dr. Lady Scientist starts to go and then side piece turns, goes to follow and Dr. Lady Scientist turns and says, no, you've done enough. 
she fully I was like she's banned she grounded her is she, she banned from looking at the thing all she is doing is going outside, outside. and yes. she tells this other adult woman you can't go outside <laughs> You, you can't look at the thing. You can't look you at the thing. You've been punished. That was so, and she only, just, only good there. girls are allowed to go look at the thing. She can just fucking stand. She doesn't go you. She's like, hmm. She just like is grumpy and, and she doesn't what? Know. The best thing is that the next time we see her, she's just been lying at her desk with her head down the whole time. It is so <laughs> weird because, and that's the she second timeout. There are two. She tells her tw- that might have been the second, the second time. She tells time, her twice. Says, You've done enough. And no, it's, yeah, it's truly just. Oh my god, everyone, you have to come outside. Look, this is terrible. And it's just people running outside, and lady scientists going, "No, you've done enough." Like, <laughs> wait, you're not doing anything else. You're just she's going not, outside. It's not gonna, she's not volunteering any problem. She wants to go look at the She can't go look at the she, thing. You, you are not allowed to look she's at the black hole, leave. you bitch. <laughs> it is so weird. It's and, yeah. and that, like, that she doesn't go anyway. It's just like her own. That, that was when I. She's she just, just grounded. There. The fact that she, that she was still, that it wasn't like she was like, oh, I guess I'll go home now. That she just sat there when they came back and she was lying with her head down and i was like that she really took it seriously she like, really is supposed, thinking about what go, she's done how are we supposed to go from that to then evil double crosser she she listened to lady scientist about not leaving the room it was i'm just don't believe it i'm sorry no it was so bizarre like you you should just just punch her. Just like yeah. have the scientist lady, like they're all running outside and like have her fucking deck her and be like, oh, what, you suddenly care now? Like, yeah, that would have worked. And then maybe it would have been like, okay, I'm not going to go out there with you because you just fucking hit me and like, screw you, I'm going to stay here. But like, just getting like a finger wagging and then you grown lady are just going to say, that was so, as far as reality index goes, that is one of my favorite what the fuck is this things I think we've ever seen in any of our movies. It was it was genuinely such a bizarre moment. It and I'm so glad so that it also because I was like, maybe I'm imagining how weird this is, but this seems like really fucking weird sequence of events. I'm glad you also noticed that she said it a second time. Yes. When side piece wanted to go, wanted to stay to help, because they have to like run the second the second test. Yeah. Because that will cause it to all like implode on itself and suck it back in or whatever. The science doesn't matter. The point being, they have to do it again. And she's like going to stay. And again, that's when she gets hit hit with the, oh, I think you've done enough for one day. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, we've covered that. And yeah. I, I love how, I, like, this movie just, like, mentions shit that never does it. Like, w- at one point when Steven Weber's back at the lab, he's going to, like, go in and, like, close these containment things around oh, the right. particle thing. And he puts on this radiation suit. And the woman tells him, like, you're not going to last 15 minutes in there with that radiation levels. Radiation never plays a factor. It never comes into anything. It never. He is completely. He fine. even says like it's going to get dangerous in here, so you better stay where you are. It's like the radiation never matters. Uh uh-uh. uh There's no and like there's no sense that there's heat or any like no. The hardest part about it is that he He's has touching to, metal. He's fully yeah. touching everything there's like, metal. There's like electricity zapping out at him occasionally. Yeah, and but occasionally he has to climb it hits him and he gets knocked on his ass. He's got to climb a ladder over the reactor, which is the worst possible yeah. design setup. Like, <laughs> yeah. if the safety protocols here are a mess. He has to climb from one side to the other, climb over it physically. Yeah, and they then, really phoned it in on like OSHA protocols. Yeah, and then that the lever to to release, they have to like shove in both sides of the box thing and the lever doesn't work, so he has to physically shove it. And as we know, one grown man suffering from radiation poisoning <laughs> can absolutely shove a heavy, large piece of like industrial equipment that yeah, apparently it's, runs electrons through. it's just a big through. rot iron it looks like a big steel cage like that he's just shoving it and it's like oh you pushed a box against another box and that made an airtight seal that the electricity can't get out of okay yeah Yeah. sure let's go with it but yeah the 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 radiation was i was like okay are we gonna get anything more no we're getting nothing more at the radiation no nothing else 
No, that we did get a great we did get a great you tell her yourself moment, which we don't we haven't gotten one of those really. Yeah, when that he, was he thinks he's gonna die when he goes in there and he's like, if I don't make it, tell Ruby. And she's like, No, you tell her yourself. And God bless him, you know. He I think probably that, doesn't tell Ruby that he loves her afterward. I think that character, Steven Weber's character, would rather have died in that chamber yeah. than tell Ruby he loves her. Oh, he's uh, yeah. Like, he was not happy about. He getting was out of hoping there. that he was going to die in that, and that then Ruby would just have to be adopted by Doctor. Yeah, Lady would have scientist. a disaster movie adopt Ruby. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. No, and that that was how he was going to get out of it. And yeah, do we even do we see him with his daughter again at the yes, end? Yes, at the end, because Jordan. So one of the great in a great moment. It ends so we get Stephen like forgetting now. We have a Steven Weber riding on the motorcycle mm-hmm. with an explosion behind him. Yes! Looking cool, riding on his motorcycle, just jetting away in his midlife crisis mobile. But, but and he's then all- he does okay, yeah. go to the, he does go roadside okay. and hugs Ruby. Right, yeah, yeah. And Dr. Lady Scientist stands two feet away awkwardly yeah. because Ruby the whole time is probably like, I know that my dad was in love with you while he was still married to my mom. Yeah. <laughs> here it is here it yeah. is all before me now like that's not going to be because they've been colleagues for a long time but it sounds like she doesn't really have much of a relationship with ruby no it, it's from, like, in, in a way that like we talked about last time there's always yeah. like the 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 single parent or like the kid that's around scientists like the science the other colleague scientists or it's kind of like yeah. their found family and like there's this relationship there and she's just totally separate yeah, she has the it's like Ruby. he's never I I fully believe that he's never had a photograph in his office of her. Yeah. And like he because he definitely had a thing with her, he never brought her around because yeah. he didn't want to mix together his like fantasy side piece and his wife. Right. Even though nothing happened between them, clearly, yeah. because he probably resented her for sleeping with Max. Yeah. Which oh sure. By the way, with the names, every I cannot tell you how badly I just wanted to mentally reverse. I mean, Steven Weber as a Carl. <laughs> was the lead it, was hero. His name? Hit the hero of this film's was name Carl. was Carl. It was Carl, yeah. And the bad guy's name was Max. Uh-huh. And like, just mentally reverse those two for a second. Treat Williams makes way more sense as a Carl, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Treat Williams has Carl face. Like, yeah. that's just what it is. Much more than much more than Steven Weber does. Yeah, much more than, like, but he was, yeah, he was Carl, which, <laughs> again, really undercuts the drama. And I don't even remember the names of the women. No, again, they were they were not necessary. As I don't remember the names ha- of the women. We don't, need, we don't remember the names because most of the time it's really ancillary. Yeah. And the only reason I remembered Max or Carl's names is because of the fact that the whole time I was like, these names don't work. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. You can't make me think that Steven Weber is a cool guy with a motorcycle and his name is Carl. They really, they really put him on that motorcycle a few times too. They're like, we are going to make this motorcycle happen on him. Yeah. They were trying really hard to be like, Steven Weber. 2013 sex symbol on a motorcycle. <laughs> on a motorcycle. Punching punch six foot five Russian dudes the riding most, motorcycles. The, the most effective thing Eve of Destruction Part 2 does is Ruslan gets to hit Steven Weber. Oh, I just, was, like, I was okay. so happy. Justice he for Steven. really needed to balance that scale out. Yeah. And Steve, I mean, he gut punches him too. Yeah. Which I was like, good for, good for you, Ruslan. Good for you, Ruslan. That needed to, it's the only thing. It's the only thing that Steven Weber's character has happened to him that he has coming to him. Yes. Only thing. Which, like, what's funny about that is that he doesn't really because a grown adult man shoved past his daughter and broke into his home. Yeah. Punch grown adult man of all the things that he does seems the most reasonable. Yeah. Oh, it does. I mean, like, insane and reasonable at the same time. No, the fact that he could punch him is insane. The fact that he does punch him makes perfect sense. Yes, you're right. But And it's the one time that he has to deal with a repercussion. And unfortunately, it's the one repercussion. I'm like, well, I kind of am like, meh. He doesn't deserve it, but I'm thrilled for Ruslan because I'm happy whenever Ruslan gets to do anything. Now, am I I misremembering? Like, we barely get any screen time with Treat Williams and Stephen Weber together, right? Yeah, there's a couple of instances – 
But like they're I mean, like, like they're like they're barely, the big yeah. bad in the hero. Yeah, no, we don't get like a real face-off scene because what's her name? Because nope. Lady Scientist has the face-off scene at when he's like when they made Treat Williams vamp at the at the display for the for all the investors. Yeah, and it starts going. He wow. That's a hell of a thing, isn't it? And they just like didn't give Treat Williams any dialogue, so he had to make up his own dialogue briefly. Right, yeah, yeah, talking about it the way that Trump talked about like pretty much anything off the cuff. <laughs> yeah. It was perfect. Um, but I yeah, did no, love. Don't. I did love the moment when the security guards like you're on your own because he's gonna ditch him and go help the mm-hmm. scientists. And Treat's character is just like I'm always on my own. Like, <laughs> and then he literally like walks off into dramatic backlighting. Yeah, I was like, you know what? Great. Yeah. Give us that, that melancholy villain moment. That's which is what that give us give us that character. Let us have that character. Don't waste our time with terrorists. You know who I did want more of, by the way. Uh, like speaking of underserved characters, hmm. uh, the power plant duo. Oh yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Definitely. When we get them, I think we open what we open the second episode. Yeah, we get we a very nearly like, open Cheadle in yeah. HQ it was, kind of kind of environment. You know what, what it was Don Cheadle. If you had Alfre Woodard from um, the core, yeah, and then John Cheadle working under her, that was who those two people were. It really, the I loved. I was so those, excited when those scenes are given their due in a mm-hmm. disaster movie where we're at like a power center. It's really cool, yeah. And like, I definitely could have gone more for them being the like operational brain trust high yeah. mind working out the solution to this problem instead of like the scientists just fucking bitching at each other and not telling each other things. Yeah. I wanted to hear them barking more orders at each other. When she says better get the troops rolling in, call in the disaster plan. And I was like, how have we never had the phrase the disaster yeah, plan? The disaster in any plan. of the-, the disaster plan is the name of our band, yeah. Jordan. When you and I make a, a punk emo band one day. Yeah, the disaster from, uh, the plan. The 2002, we'll release it in 2000, an album in 2002, the disaster plan. <laughs> it is. It, like the disaster plan, it feels like it feels like a it feels like a spiritual sibling to the mainframe. It, it, yes, the disaster plan. So when you're trying when you're trying to hack the mainframe, it's because you're trying to put the disaster plan into action. It is true. It is true. Every one of these movies should have someone saying the disaster plan. I'm going to write that into my movie now. At some point, I absolutely. I'm going to write this into Moontastrophe now because need, somebody needs to say it. Because it could either be it could either be the plan for the disaster or the plan to solve the disaster. Right. Exactly. It's just vague enough. But in this case, we know it's the plan to solve the disaster yeah. because they are so eminently capable. Yeah. These oh, two. absolutely. They, they, they're, they're dialed in. They're doing their jobs right. Yeah. We never see that. We see them one more time when they just like cede control to Steven Weber for no good reason. <laughs> yeah. Like he walks with confidence and, and Ruslan comes with him. And honestly, if the guy who had been ranting and raving at my office came back with more people, I wouldn't be like, well, that's somebody I should listen to. <laughs> Well, clearly this is a reasonable individual. Yeah. Oh, he's got another guy who's saying that this is dangerous. I'll just listen to both of them now. Yeah, yeah. He's brought friends. Clearly this makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, Because as we saw at the Capitol, once there's enough people, it makes it right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's not crazy. If enough people agree, then it's real. Yeah. If enough people agree, then it becomes sane. Yeah. And yeah, this movie just, it, it really... I just have to believe that it, it it deeply suffered from needing to be two yeah. movies. Like if this had just been like if they felt if like well we should put more in to justify having three hours here instead of just being like listen cut the shit give me an hour and a half movie yeah where well, people crazy. actually where Steven Weber's character actually has to develop a personality yeah what's crazy is that they could have had more disaster in the first half because they could have just built oh, out yeah the fire lightning stuff way more. And then you would have action in the first half and then the second half, the black hole starts and then you're like, okay, cool. That moves us into the second half. And instead, no, we just got so much nonsense. (laughs) So much nonsense. So much nonsense. Now, do we feel then like we are ready to go into what this movie was really about? 
I'm truly okay with moving beyond yeah. this film as quickly as possible. Yeah, I think so, we're yes. good for that. So, and, and, and so after this word from our sponsors, we will move into what this movie was really about. And that means, folks, do you love movies? The good ones? Even the bad ones everyone told you not to like? It sounds like Super Yaki might be the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies, so much so that they've dedicated every waking moment of their life to bringing you top-quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts saluting the brave of us who go to the movies by ourselves to comfy sweatshirts and aprons commemorating historic events like the night Florence Pugh made marmalade. They even carry enamel pins of some of your favorite directors like Hayao Miyazaki and Guillermo del Toro. Super Yaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to your favorite movies and the filmmakers that and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks and ships with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. And as a special gift to you, listeners, you can save 10% on your orders with the code DISASTERDIVA, all caps, no spaces, at checkout. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. That's S-U-P-E-R-Y-A-K-I.com. Let's watch more movies. Let's do and let's consider what Eve of Destruction is really about. Oh, you know, I... So my initial resp- feeling was that this movie was actually secretly an anti-green energy, anti- mm, Okay. Anti sort of saving the world through environmental consciousness movie because- mm-hmm. I thought that the P53 was going to be more substantial. Yeah. Um, But what I actually think this movie is really about is I think this is a movie about how white cis dudes, and I feel like I just heard all of the radios shut off as everyone was like, oh, shit, she said the phrase white cis dudes. But this is a film about – if you you weren't expecting to hear that phrase in this podcast, you don't know this podcast very well. Yeah, then you haven't been here before. Yeah. Uh, this is a fil- this is a movie. This movie is really about white cis dudes doing the least and getting all the fucking credit, because yes. Steven Weber consistently does is fucking useless in this film. Carl sucks. Yeah, the Carl whole sucks. time. Carl sucks hard. Carl sucks, but Carl does. Carl is against running this thing, but not so against it that he like goes to the press or takes any steps to stop right. it. Yeah. He's still sitting at his fucking desk when they run all these tests. Yeah. Carl resents his coworker, who he's also kind of in love with, but maybe <laughs> yeah. not because he's dead inside, but he resents her because she is more powerful than him. But also that he kind of, it seems, resents her probably now that we know the background because of the fact that she chose someone else over him. And through all of this, Carl doesn't have to, and Carl is, of course, neglectful and negligent with his daughter. And at the end of all this, Carl is the fucking hero. And all he did is shove a box onto another box. He doesn't solve the problem. He marches into, Ruslan solves the problem of how they- Ruslan solves the problem. Ruslan figures out that they need to route all the power in. Steven Weber marches in and gives the orders to the power supply people like he came up with the plan when all he did was say it more confidently. And who among us hasn't had a coworker like that? Yeah. Yeah, No, this movie is about basically white dudes doing the least and getting the most credit. He's going to be dubbed a hero and he doesn't deserve any of it. Yeah. I'm I'm right there in the exact same place where this movie movie is completely about – doing the absolute least and being considered extraordinary because you're a man who did the minimum. Yeah. Like that the bar for dipshit guys is, well, as long as you're not actively trying to destroy the fucking world, you too can be the protagonist of a film. It's just like they're the shocking insist, like even as this movie hints at points that, like it lays down storylines for which there should be some sort of comeuppance for Steven Weber's character, for Carl. There should be some sort of reckoning for him of the ways in which he's failed all the people, specifically the women around him. It even hints that those things will have to be confronted, but they just never are. He just gets to move on. He just gets to get away with it. And the women around him will apologize to him for having been wrong, made him happy, made things harder, made him uncomfortable. And he'll be like, all right, I'll let this one slide. Yeah. Like, ultimately, that's what this movie ends up being about. Yeah, this is this movie is white male privilege 
disaster movie. Yeah, because and and again and and Max Treat Williams, there's no repercussion. Yeah. And we see, we, you know, we see, we see his, his side piece with like a sly assertion of her autonomy, but doing nothing to like really demand an equitable division of power after everything she has done to make possible his continued work and subterfuge. Like it, none of this happens without her. Right. It's just, and yet, and yet he's just on a plane to Mumbai now. It's, it's completely fucking ridiculous. This movie was pissed me off at the end. I was very disappointed. (laughs) I was so bummed. It didn't have to happen like like this. And I was so excited. I was like, this is going to be our first, like, made for TV movie. This is going to be a great, this is going to be so cool. It's going to be great for us. Like, we're going to branch out into (laughs) stuff that's great for us. I was so excited for this, like, as a development for, to expand our Uh uh options. And then they just let us down, like, you know, we were Ruby and Steven Weber was telling us to wait for him during a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we were, we were, we were all Ruby. And so what does that mean then for, do you have dream casting for what yes, you want to do for this? Ish. Um, the, what I would basically change is the two main people. Okay. I mean, I got to like, tr- Treat Williams did fine. Yeah. Um, it's a very like, Treat Williams was fine. Role. Yeah. I'd keep Ruslan. Like I adored Ruslan. Then Loved the actor Ruslan. who played him. Loved, um, loved the side piece scientist. Yeah, I really she, liked what she was yeah, bringing. Like, let her do her thing. I mean, it's a really white movie, but like, we don't have to inflict this on actors <laughs> of color. Like, yeah. hopefully, this will tie up other actors, and then they'll be actors of color will be able to take those other roles. Yeah. In this case, so like, I don't think we need representation here for Eva Disaster because it was not very good. Yeah. But I would replace Steven Weber. And I would replace Lady Lady Scientist. Okay. And here's who I'm going to replace them with. Josh Holloway and okay. Elizabeth Mitchell. Ooh, oh, God. You brought me to my knees. Yeah. Elizabeth Mitchell. Oh. I know. I, 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 oh. Because this woman had a very Elizabeth Mitchell face, but without any of the Elizabeth Mitchell skills. If this movie had had Elizabeth Mitchell, I would have cried. Because every line from her would have been imbued with so much pathos. Yeah. There would have been so much empathy in her. Oh, God. I can almost see it if it was if it's Josh Holloway and Elizabeth Mitchell. I can almost see it as a role reversal where Elizabeth Mitchell becomes the Stephen Weber and Josh Holloway becomes the other scientist. I, you could definitely flip it. I was going to keep them as is. But I can, I yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, like I was going to keep them as is and have Josh Holloway do his shaggy thing. Like yeah. sh- Josh Holloway can ride a motorcycle and be depressed for 10 years about the death of his wife. Oh, yeah. Um, And then, but also be like, I could. he can do the indignant, like, what are you talking about in a way that Steven Weber just wasn't bringing. Yeah. Um, Steven Weber was whiny about it yeah oh yeah like, he was so weasley which he was is the problem. so weasley what did i say when two weeks ago when i was like we're gonna you do did. this and i was like the problem with stephen weber as a hero is that stephen weber i don't trust him yeah yeah and, and yeah and he you can't you can, like trust carl no you cannot trust carl and like yeah stephen weber wing stephen weber is a long time ago and if i remember correctly wing stephen weber's character also was a little bit of a shit weasel wasn't he kind of a womanizer yeah, he was the womanizer brother, and Tim yeah, Dale was the woman and Tim responsible brother was like the good one and like the kind upstanding strong one. Then you yeah. had like the little shit weasel getting into things, but not nefarious because it's a sitcom. Yeah, the eventual you know what happens to you know getting into things cute. Oh, oh shucks, twenty year old guys. Yeah, they turn into bigger shit weasels over time. <laughs> yeah, they do, and the things that were endearing about them before and yeah. their wacky antics, wacky. and they're like oh. I fell asleep in a hot tub with three Playboy models. Like that shit is charming-ish in a 23-year-old to a 7-year-old. Once you get up to, you know, 50s, it's not so fucking charming. And he's mostly just lying about shit and talking about how, you know, his ex-wife is crazy. Yeah, he's mostly just lying about shit. So the point being here was that, yes, I I told you Stephen Weber was going to be a whiny little bitch in this. And Stephen Weber, which, by the way, loves Stephen Weber as an actor. When Stephen Weber's trying to play Ernest, he feels whiny. Josh Holloway does indignant and righteously indignant really well. Josh Holloway is really good. Yeah. Josh Holloway is a really good one. Yeah. And he's perfectly – he's right at that right level for this. So – and then Elizabeth Mitchell, like, I feel like she kind of won't say no to a paycheck – I know you do. I'm not in this on a drag on Elizabeth Mitchell. It's an admiration of her work ethic. 
But yeah, that's why I would, I think that if we said like, hey, Josh is involved with this, she'd be like, yeah, that'd be fun to revisit that chemistry. I am going to, I too am just going to do the two, the two leads. Yeah. I am going to make Catherine Isabel. Sure. Our central person. I'm making Catherine Isabel um, the, the Steven Weber character. Carla. Carla. I'm going to make her Carla. And then I think with, I'm going to go like maybe a little bit of like a Hannibal reunion here. And I'm going to make Jonathan Tucker, the actor Jonathan Tucker, uh, what Carla's role was. Okay. Because I like his, I like, he's a dynamic performer. Yeah. And I just feel like, I, I like, I want to see him in the role where he's the one lying and he's the one kind of covering up and she's the one who's going to save the day. And like, you know, she has to defibrillate him back to life. That's, that's what I'm going to do. But I do like the supporting cast of this movie. Yeah. Supporting cast, they did a good job. Like they, great choices for both. Great. And I can't, you can't replace anybody at the, at the, at the power station. I love those two actors. <laughs> yeah. The power station, they're in. They're, they're in. hundred percent. So how so, many towering infernos do you give Eve of Destruction? One. I mean, I'm, I'm giving it one. I'm like, I, I'm it with you. Me. Yeah. I'm giving it one. I'm giving it one. And it's not even like, it's not even like a angry one. It's just no. like a, I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. One. It just deserves nothing more. Nah. Like Stephen Weber, like the, the, the development they give Carl sucks so much. The eco-terrorists are extraneous. The black hole looks cool when it finally pops up. But like. Most of it didn't need to happen. It's so yeah. rooted in people just not talking to each other that, like, the problems don't even seem like that big a deal. It just seems like, well, if you guys would just fucking be direct with each other, like, none of this would be an issue. It, he's a bad father. Ruslan, he's, like, the best part of the movie. And even he's being absolutely fucking unreasonable about not being emotionally honest with his wife. So it's just like, nah, man, you yeah. get a one. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Well, the good news is, Jordan, we're moving on from this. <laughs> and we have an animal disaster coming your we're way for the next one. We're bringing back an animal disaster. Next up is from 2008, Vipers. Vipers. What's going Vipers. on in that? First comes the slither, then comes the slaughter. Oh, that's good. A set of vipers have been taken by scientists to mutate them to make a cure for cancer. As their experiment Whoa. goes awry, the vipers escape into the woods. They're not only biting people, they're actually killing people in a little town. This, of course, will be starring Tara Reid and Corbin Benson. All right. Corbin Burnson, sorry. All right. I love it. I'm in. Corbin, Corbin Burnson, uh, best known for L.A. Law. No way. Best known for Major League. <laughs> that is true. He was a Major known League. for Major League. It's cited in his bio as best known <laughs> for his role of Arnold Becker on L.A. Law. That was it. Um, he doesn't get Major League in his bio on I really Letterboxd. Have we seen Corbin Burnson in one of our movies yet? We have he not. Feels like, he feels like a great made-for-TV disaster. No, if we – so he's actually in the – he's in the 77 King Kong, which we – or 76 King Kong, which we did not do. How old is he in that? Like 15? Um, what? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I know he's not like the youngest man, but really? He's listed it's listed as one of his credits. Wow, okay. But he, we have not wow, seen him he, in anything. This is yet. this feels like like I feel like suddenly hearing his name, I want to see him all like I want to see him in these movies like I want to see Dean Kane in these movies. I mean, like, there's others. Like, I want to see could have, we could have done Dean. We could have done we could have done Raging Sharks, which he's also in. I mean, we will add that do to a list Sharks. right now. Yeah, adding yeah. that to Animal Disasters <laughs> right this very second. Yeah, now I'm looking through. He's in a film called Fangs from 2002, um, and that's about bat attacks. <laughs> Takes bat place in a Scottish town. Hell yeah! I will. You know, since 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 we're bringing up animal disasters, I will say uh, it was announced earlier this summer that friend of the pod Liam O'Donnell will be making a shark disaster movie of his own. Wait, really? Yeah, it's called The Wreck. This has cool. this has been reported, so it is public information. Uh just, you know, 
anyway, support Liam O'Donnell. Watch the Skylines movies. Uh, get ready for the wreck. It's the film will follow a group of old college friends who reunite in the Caribbean for a scuba diving trip, exploring the wreckage of a World War II battleship and find themselves trapped inside the underwater labyrinth of rusted metal surrounded by great white sharks. So we can even have Liam back one day to talk about his own shark disaster movie. Oh, I'm so excited about that. I'm so excited about that. Oh, you know what? We did actually have, we had him in Atomic Twister. Okay. I thought he had come up at some point. All right. He was in Atomic Twister. All right. All right. So uh, pod pod all-star Corbin Burnson uh, coming up. Is it Vipers? Plural? Um, it is, where did it just go? It is Vipers, plural, because there's, there's a pair. It so looks it's like Vipers, it's a plural. to be special. Yeah, it is on Tubi. So it'll be on Tubi. It's also available for on Amazon um, Vudu Paramount Plus, it looks like. How does one so, – it's Paramount – do you have to pay for Paramount Plus? Uh, it says Paramount Plus is an Amazon ch- – I don't know, man. Okay. I just – I'm was, not gonna, but I like, assume that one does – that might be the step to – like, I've got a lot of streamings at this point. And yeah, I'm not adding another one. It's not yeah. fucking happening. I'm Peacock, sorry. I'm sorry, Paramount and Peacock. I'm sorry. No, Peacock, Brie. Peacock knows what the fuck it's doing. You can just watch Peacock. <sighs> I almost don't want to do it just because I just don't want to add another stream. No, that's the totally burden. legit. But I'm saying finally the, the price is right. Yeah. Like okay. if you're going to tell me you're going to put exclusive content on a streaming service, you yeah. better make that shit free or you are not getting my dollars. I just – I would love to watch The Good Fight. I am not buying CBS All Access, which I'm pretty sure is now part of Paramount+. Plus. Not doing it. Yes, it is. No and no, absolutely not. I, yeah, I as much like just don't want, I just don't want more things that I have to watch. It's no. bad enough that like I keep being like, shit, Apple Plus has so many good shows. Shit. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it, Dana. Stop buying good programming. Give but, me season three of Dickinson though. <laughs> but like then they just keep adding more things that have good programming. And I'm like, but I have so many bad disaster movies to watch. Yeah, we've got a lot of, we've got, a, I've got a lot to do on Tubi. And also, like, it's so much on Tubi. And also, I want to watch all my bad reality shows. And I want to get high and watch nature documentaries. Right, and, that's like, important for you. There's also not enough time to watch Rutherford Falls and do all these things. I'm no. sorry. No, there isn't. So, but Tubi, Tubi provides, Tubi provides for us. And that is where you can find vipers. That is where you can find vipers. I'm excited for another animal disaster. I'm excited for our first, because, and I checked, this is before Sharknados. So this is oh. theoretically pre- Tara Reid oh, becoming self-aware. Oh, yeah, that self-aware. kind of surge that came with yeah, – yeah, okay, good point. That's like, a good point. I want to make sure that we were not at the cutoff of the self-aware disaster movie. Okay, So got this it. is Tara Reid earnestly doing, theoretically, a Viper film. Okay, got it. So uh, with that, Jordan, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Jorcru, J-O-R-C-R-U, and on the Patreon, of course, patreon.com slash Cruciola. And there are the the pod the other podcasts are back finally. Uh Ozterion is happening again with me and Sam. And finally, my long uh mentioned single topic neon demon mini podcast with the film Minds, Roxana Haddadi and William O. Tyler is out. Listen to both, listen to all of them, and have hours of time with me in your uh, speakers and headphones during a week. You can spend three hours a week with Jordan. You can. It's a lot of time I can with Jordan, fill all and of them amazing. with so many words. That's absolutely true. It's basically, <laughs> you would actually know finally what friendship with Jordan is like because it'd just be three hours of Jordan talking that's and that's not point. unusual. No, that's a fair point. Somebody, it was recently, I was at a friend's house and we were having dinner and two of the, there were four of us and two of the friends left at about 10 p.m. And we've been together since five. So this is a good like solid five hours. And the friend whose house we were at was like, oh, you don't have to go yet. That's all I need to hear. Oh no, that's that's like that's like inviting a vampire in or feeding yep. a stray cat. That's it's, feeding a stray Jordan's cat. Never going away. That's feeding a stray cat. I was there till two in the morning. It was oh, the geez. best. And we were talking um, later on about like you know like introversion, extroversion, that kind of thing, like that. And somebody was talking. The friend who left early was like, "Oh no, I get so tired. Like I I really like to be in bed before midnight." And my response then was like, "I think I can pretty succinctly describe myself by saying I've never wanted to sleep more than I wanted to talk." <laughs> I've n- <laughs> never. That is, that's, yeah, that's goes on your, that goes on your family crest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've never wanted to sleep more than I wanted to talk. If I, 
if I am like in a conversational groove with somebody, knowing that I can do that forever, but knowing that if you kind of catch other people in those grooves, it's kind of, yeah. it's it's special. If that happens and we're like on a good track, if I have to pee, I will not move. If I am getting cotton mouth, I will not get something to drink. I am not getting out of position and interrupting the flow of a conversation with somebody who I feel like I really have in front of me and focused in a way that like, I don't think I can get it back. So like, I will just sit there not peeing and being thirsty for yeah. however long it fucking takes. This if is we are what a- you have evolved to do. Yeah. This is your yeah. evolutionary, you're, like <laughs> the way that like sometimes like the, the bear doesn't move for three days while yeah. stalking its prey. And it's like, that's exactly what Jordan is doing in that That moment. is exactly what I will do to keep people emotionally hostage. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So on that note, Jason, <laughs> where can we where can we find you if you're there? Is there okay. a Jason? No, I don't know if there's a Jason. Jason. <laughs> so Jason, Jordan and I look at each other on a video. Jason puts his video off and I assume walks away from us at that point. Just <laughs> being like, I can't. I can't do it. I can't listen to these two because we talk for like 30 minutes before this episode. Then I and then I have to hear them talk to each other and then they're talking to talk to me. No. Yeah. Yeah. So I assume he goes off and like plays with his dog. So um, Amanda, so where can we can find found you? At, Jason can be found at Jason Halftones on all of the socials. Yes. And you can find me. I'm Amanda Smith Says on Twitter. Um, I'm still so, getting used to you hearing you say that Amanda Smith says. I, I'm still getting used to typing it when I have to search for my own because tw- I search I have to like be like, wait, where did I say that the other day? And then I have to go back and search <laughs> my tweets. And then I, I still am like adjusting to saying Amanda Smith says. Um, but that is my name on Twitter now. It is liberating. And uh, so I'm on Twitter. And then the podcast, of course, is disastergirlspod at gmail.com. We're disaster underscore pod on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And then we are disaster girls on Letterboxd. So you can find us in all the things. Please rate and review us. Please give us five stars. And Me too. please do. We love reading the, your reviews. We love those moments. So please do that. Please share us with your friends and family. If you're going to be going on an absurdly long road trip, as I plan on doing, download all our episodes. Put them on. We've got 84 episodes. That's 84 hours of driving. That's great. It's 80. Wow. Okay. We're we're over 84. I take that back. And we're about to hit our one year anniversary or our two year anniversary in like a week or two. Um, On April. Oh, that is nuts. Yeah. I think it's like August 3rd or something is our two year anniversary. Um, And we. Because, yeah, yeah, Crawl was an August drop, wasn't it? Yep. So we have, when this episode comes out, we'll have 85 episodes. This will be our 86th. Look at us go approaching that centennial. I know. We're gonna have to do. We're gonna have to go big for the hundredth. <laughs> we I might, don't even know. We might have to see a friend of the Paul, friend of the pod, Paul Feig is available. He, yeah, he, we've got. We're gonna. He's listening to us on his walk, Paul. Yeah, if Paul, you're listening, I know you're there. Where we want to do? Earth was it earthquake? It was earthquake. Yeah, that could be the one. It could be the one. <laughs> and he's just gonna try and peer pressure him through through the podcast. <laughs> Not, <laughs> Anyway, so we've got our 100th episode coming up in 14 episodes, but yes. we have our, our anniversary. This podcast might come out on the anniversary. I'm not sure. So that's pretty cool either way. Yeah. And we might have merch coming up. We're working on it. Well, it'll be a, it'll be a happy Thanksgiving 100th episode. <laughs> exactly. My God. All right. But for now, we'll be back next week with Vipers. Yes, we'll see you and Vipers and Tara Reid very soon. Bye. That might be cool.com. You never know. <laughs>